the Behind the Seams podcast. I'm your host, Nunzio Signore, looking to bring you great dialogue with some of the best in the world of player development. The world of training baseball players has changed dramatically during the past few years, and I'm looking forward to shedding some light here on what's the latest, what's the best, and what's really happening in the world of player development. Thanks for joining me for the ride. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Before we begin, I want to tell you about our new remote training programs here at RPP. We've been offering remote training for quite some time, but we always required athletes to come in-house for assessments. Now, we can do the whole assessment online, and we're really excited about bringing all of our services, pitching, hitting, and strength training, to your doorstep. So if you like what we do and how we do it, check it out on our website at rocklandpeakperformance.com under remote training in the toolbar. Thanks. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Behind the Seams Podcast. I'm Nunzio Signore. Today we've got Adam Moreau. Am I saying it right, Moreau? Close enough. It's technically Moreau, but okay. I, Adam I've Moreau. Way worse, so why ever correct it? I uh I was I had the pr- uh, the pleasure of hanging out with Adam um last year at the at the seminar in Wake Forest. Are are you going to that again? Yeah, we'll be there and we're actually uh presenting at it this year as well. Awesome. So this this is my second year presenting there. It's a really great seminar. It's a lot of great people. We were hanging out last year and we were talking and we became friends at the seminar. And he was telling me about his invention, you know, the, the Flex Pro Grip that he has done with his dad. Your dad's Daryl, right? Yes, correct. Right. I said, you know what? Because I was just telling Adam that I don't really usually have guys who invent stuff on this podcast. And I said, you know what? This would be a really great. We've been we've been corresponding back and forth, and uh, I thought it would be a really really great podcast. And then he told me that uh, I hope my dog doesn't bark. And we got involved <laughs> into the, uh, you know, I have my dog sitting right at my feet right now. So your dogs aren't there. Mine are both sleeping in the other room. Um, it. Of course, I'm expecting some delivery in the next. Oh, uh, that's going to be so. it. That's going to be yeah, it. Yeah, so it, it, we're we're going to see. It's going to be the ticking time bomb of my expected delivery on my uh on my supplements versus uh how quiet my dogs stay. So you know, it's a coin flip. Uh, I'm willing to take bets on this if anybody wants to get in on some side action. Well, if they start barking, my dog's going to jump up because she's going to hear it. <laughs> but um. We're going to talk a little bit about the Flex Pro Grip, which I know my buddy Corey Mascara at Wake Forest, he really likes it. Uh, he, yeah. he, was, he was talking to me about it, and um, he uh, was asking me questions about in-season, and I said, you know what? I have my thoughts on this. I'd like to get Adam's thoughts on it. So first, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what is your, uh, what is your history with baseball, and um, how did you get started with the Flex Pro Grip? Okay, so we're we're gonna take a roundabout fun little path here. But of course, played high school baseball, went on to play in college. Where are you from? Own... Where are you from? Uh, oh, of course, Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Uh all my family's from New Orleans, Louisiana. So cool. depending on who I'm talking to, I either drop New Orleans as the name or Toledo. You know, New Orleans is way cooler, but uh for these extended conversations, I might as well give the real story, which is Toledo, Ohio. Um Grew up as a shortstop, um, like most athletes in baseball, you know, just hit hit my way through, tried to play infield. Uh, eventually, it led me to some wonderful opportunities in college baseball, experienced some injuries at the end of my high school career, which 
ultimately led me to Eckerd College down in St. Pete, Florida. So I got to experience the beautiful beach for four years of uh, undergrad. Uh, I was going to transfer to University of San Francisco in the process. I was playing in the Alaska Baseball League, blew out my shoulder, uh, ultimately went back to Eckerd to graduate. So, you know, all these road bumps, it's kind of the classic case for how you end up in this performance industry or working on the side of baseball where you're trying to make other people's careers better. Right. Uh, so I had all these things building up, ultimately finished my career at the University of Dayton where I got my MBA and then uh, farted around a little bit after that out in California, just hoping for some indie ball contracts to continue on. But ultimately, I never felt like I got healthy enough to keep pursuing my career. So I came to that crossroads where it's, do I coach or do I get into performance training? Ultimately, I got into performance training because I felt like I could impact more athletes that way. Um, ran with that. Uh, my father and I ran a company called the New Orleans Sports Performance Institute uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana, and officially got started with that in 2017, ran that up until the start of COVID in 2020. And as I'm sure you can guess, that's where a lot of the research started for us, where we were looking into grip strength, UCL injuries. Um, we we just experienced so many pitchers that would come in and say, how can I throw harder? It was crazy because nobody really cared that much about getting healthy. It was just, how can I be better? So they, that's a super important piece for us to keep in our back pocket as we continue this conversation going on. Yeah, you but, can get better by staying healthy. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. But uh, then like the fun path where we actually finally connected was in that 2020 range. I had heard your name from the Leon Tarakis family uh, back in 20, like late 2019, early 2020. I first got connected with Nico and his father, George, talking about some of the grip strength and research we were doing along the lines of the UCL with Flex Pro Grip. And then you started running these awesome Zoom sessions during the 2020 lockdown. And you were gracious enough to welcome some questions, a few interruptions during your uh, during your talks. And me being boisterous or fearless, I guess, or just not afraid of the embarrassment, I raised my hand a few times and asked you some questions. And Thankfully, you were nice enough to uh, continue the conversations with me. So it, I've really welcomed those opportunities to talk with you. And like you said, we were finally able to meet in person at the Bridge Seminar last year. And that's where our friendship really grew because, you know, faces, interacting face to face does a lot more than just emails and texts here and there. 100%. Uh, but yeah, so Flex Pro Grip, uh, the reason that we're even talking today, uh, got started in its like early infancy during those New Orleans Sports Performance Institute days. Um, all these pitchers coming in, all these hitters coming in, we just wanted to test everything we could. With me not making the show, um, we needed to find a way to set ourselves apart to get people to actually come work with us. Like one of the things you guys have done so well is you've proven that you have the data, you have the science. You have a system that can always get people better. That's something we tried to create on our own. And for us, it just came from so much digging. And one of the things that we were interested in early on 
was grip strength, especially its correlation to throwing velocity and swing speed or exit velocity. Um, there's a really cool study that's um, out of Japan done on little leaguers with the correlation between grip strength and throwing velocity. And the correlation for this group of ages 6 to 16 was a 0.91 correlation of grip strength to throwing velocity. So for those of you who don't know, that's effectively um, almost the equivalent of breathing to being alive, since that is a one correlation. So in your early years before like puberty has really like taken its hold on you and before like movement patterns matter more, just being strong is the number one factor in throwing the ball hard. Amen. So, yeah. So I know you guys have had a ton of success with that, especially in your early years. I, I hear it on your podcast regularly, how much growth you saw in your early athletes, just making them strong. 30 to and, 50, 30 to 50% with a 13 to 15 year old. There's generally a 30 to 50% after 12 weeks of strength training. Yeah, insane Insane. I try to get my one rep max up 10% in like two years. They're doing <laughs> it in 12 weeks. You know, they have so far to go. Yeah, in, insane gain. So like, that's the stuff that we like, we didn't have a full understanding of at the time. It was just so interesting. So we kept digging and we would reach out to people, whether it's people like you or it's uh, Dr. Fleissig at ASMI or the crew at VCOM or Virginia Tech Sports Medicine Department, uh, Dr. Gunnar Brolinson, who's now um, kind of our sports medicine liaison or uh, our medical advisor with a lot of stuff we do with FlexPro Grip. And like just asking these questions always led us down the path of like, what's leading to these injuries? And ultimately, when we realized the industry just didn't have a great answer for why UCLs were tearing or how to prevent them. We just knew we wanted to be a part of the solution. And, you know, we, we thought we could do it through performance training or changing throwing programs, but everybody's doing that. So we knew we needed to do something different. And all of this led to years of research and what was originally a four-year project or four-month project just to get people to come train with us turned into a four-year adventure of creating Flex Program. So I have a great question that I need I need you to answer. This is probably okay. a really long question. So I would like you to try to give me the uh, – I think I think it was Thomas Edison said, um, you, you need to, if you really know something, you can explain it quick like you're explaining it to a 12-year-old. And I know this is a probably well, well in-depth answer, but how did you go about – if you ever – if any of you have ever seen a flex pro grip, this is quite a a a, a piece of work. Um, <laughs> it really, really looks like um, something out of Star Wars. And I, I really um, – I'm wondering how did you even begin the process of building that? From a business standpoint, as me as a business person who has a facility, I want to know how did you begin to build that product? What, what were the – like maybe – two or three steps really quickly that you had to do. I spoke with your dad one time with you guys mm -hmm. on a, on a call and he's a really smart guy as well. Yeah. Um, and um, just what, 
what were the steps to build this? Because I wish I had a picture of it that I could show you, but there's no video on these podcasts. But um, if you want to look at it, go to flexprogrip.com and you can see it. It's really quite something to look at. How, how did you even begin to think about building this thing? Well, everything for us started with function. So we knew that there were very specific muscle tendon units that we needed to target. And those specifically were the flexor carpi ulnaris or that like sideways chop for ulnar deviation. So for younger populations, maybe you can think of that as like the curveball muscle, uh, just to kind of give the visual. Then the flexor digitorum superficialis, which is the muscle that controls uh, flexion of the fingers right at the base of the hand where the fingers meet the hand and then the middle of the finger. So the mid finger joint and then the flexor digitorum profundus, which is that most distal joint of the finger. So ultimately what flex your fingertips. So we knew that we needed to create something that enabled us to get forces or specifically train these muscle tendon units. So it all started from there. We knew that we needed to figure out a way to isolate or optimally target these motions. So we needed something that had like a telescoping system that we could set to different joint lines, uh, much how you can think of like pins in a squat rack. So you can set your various ranges of depth that you're trying to work through whether you're trying to do a rack pull from a set position, you're trying to do a quarter squat. Or Same thing try, here with yeah. the fingers. We want to work at different uh, levels of flexion or extension of the fingers, as well as different depths on the fingers. So we can create different force vectors effectively or force vectors at certain muscle tendon units. Then we struggled immensely with how we were actually going to gauge these forces originally our goal was to kind of create like j bands for your fingers that's where it started we we were using external loading but the problem was we couldn't give our users objective feedback it was just do you feel a burn does it feel like it's working and all we could get was a yes or a no and like how can we really help an athlete get better if we're not giving them the objective feedback where we can compare who they were before to who they're becoming. Uh, so ultimately we went with the isometrics approach because we were able to effectively put force plates onto somebody's fingers and hand. Wow. That's, that's the best way to explain what we're doing with flex pro grip. It's uh, kind of like a less fancy force plate. Uh, so force transducers or load cells, uh, attached to each finger and then the side to side function of the wrist. So we can actually tell the user how much force they're producing with each individual finger or wrist action and how quickly they can produce that action. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. That, go, that, that rolls right into my next question. Because when I talk to parents about UCL problems, um, a lot of times, and I do tell them that it is a it is it is a uh, a strength issue, but I believe that it's a strength issue due to fatigue. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I believe the fatigue due to overuse, mostly overuse, and a lack of strength in general causes most harm to the UCL. How does using the Flex Pro help with this? Can it identify the beginnings of stress and fatigue? Do you have something in the program where you can actually get a warning sign that you're starting to fatigue? Yeah, well, there's a ton to unpack with this question. Of course, we could talk about this one specifically for hours on end. All right. So uh, I'm going to try to keep it concise. And then if I don't answer a part of it, definitely have me come back to it because I want to, I definitely want to finish with that like call out that you talked about, that that last piece of the question. So I, I don't want to, uh, right. I don't want to push over that. But I, I agree fully. We agree fully that fatigue causes so many issues with throwing or really any injury in sport, right? The more tired we are, the more fatigued the muscle is, the less stable you become, uh, the more the, the ligaments or the connective tissue that's not supposed to handle the load is then forced to handle the load. Put, put simply straight out of the words of Dr. Glenn Fleissig at ASMI, you have a few things that can handle the load of throwing at the elbow. It's the bones themselves, the UCL, and then the muscle tendon units surrounding the ligament. And as the muscle tendon units fatigue, the UCL is left more exposed to those forces because you can't train the bones and you can't train the ligament. So the only thing that we can train is the muscle tendon units. And as you said, if fatigue is such a culprit or fatigue is to blame, and I agree, strength makes sense because with strength, with strength comes stiffer or tougher or more resilient muscle tendon units that can offload this torque or shield this torque from the ligament having to take it on for itself. And like this is beyond just words from a page for us at this point you know of course it started as theory but in our work with uh originally with the san diego padres uh that's who we got started with we did a lot of testing with their minor leaguers and when we got started with them the first thing we wanted to look at was how much strength can we increase of these specific muscle tendon units the three that we talked about earlier the fcu fds and fdp And then how much can we improve the endurance of those three muscle tendon units? We had these guys during instructs of 2021 go through a 30-day training period or a 30-day kind of like test period, trial period, where we did a pre-test, post-test, and 12 training sessions in between. Over those 12 training sessions and the pre-test and post-test, we saw strength gains like on the one rep max for finger flexion and finger extension of roughly 25% gains. Which is huge for, for, for really experienced, mature, strong guys to have that much strength gain at that age and at that level of elite performance. Oh yeah. And of course it's something I apologize for now, even going off on a tangent to respond but it's something you understand well, and I think it will be kind of cool uh, for for the listeners, is so much of that from what we understand is a neural adaptation because the fingers are so untrained. Unless you're a rock climber 
what are you really doing that regularly with your fingers? So yeah, the, these gains happen from a neural adaptation, but that's massive for what we're chasing for like, as we're approaching strength, it's just how these untrained athletes who, who show up at your facility can make these massive gains in the first month. It's because they're getting exposed to a stimulus that they've never experienced before. So even though these guys are elite movers, elite athletes, they're getting paid to play professional baseball in some capacity, they're still untrained. And what we're finding is that's like kind of tying this back in. This is the potential fatigue issue because they're untrained in those specific muscle tendon units. It means that they're predisposed to fatiguing faster. So, and that's what we found. The they were having these alarming rates of fatigue. Um, we it was a thirty, roughly thirty to thirty five percent drop off in our endurance testing, which is just a twenty four rep test, and we look at their their max from their first six reps to their minimum, like minimum force. Uh, well, I guess it would be their max in their their last six reps. So we what percentage? It. What percentage of loss are you looking for to to to, to justify fatigue? So they these guys had a thirty five percent drop off, and it's wow. it's not so like there is fatigue that's expected uh, generally from all the athletes that we've tested. We've seen that thirty to thirty five percent drop off. That's been standard for the for the baseball world that's worked on Flex Pro Grip. But the way that we were able to, um, and I, I guess before going back to that specific answer, what I would tell you is when it comes to fatigue, um, like what we would expect, you're always going to expect fatigue with use. Uh, the actual like percent drop off, to my knowledge, is just going to come from how big of muscles are involved in that specific movement or exercise. So I, I don't want to overstep my own like knowledge or my own uh, sphere or scope in answer for like, oh, everybody's going to fatigue X amount. Uh, we know in the specific movements that we're looking at, we're seeing that 30 to 35 percent drop off. So so 30 to 35 percent. I'm not going to try to overstep what I know either, but I, I know mm -hmm. that when I'm um, when I'm training when I'm training think movements that happen fast, and these are movements that happen fast, okay? Um, when I'm training power and speed, um, anything over a 10 to a 15% loss is definitely a player in um, decrease in performance. So a 30% loss is enormous to me. And that's really, yeah. that really, that says, that says a lot about, um, you know, the importance of it. Um, yeah. What, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So just kind of like rounding that out. Um, after this four week training period, their rate of fatigue then fell to just. Uh, it was 20 percent. Right. That's her, big. We, so huge improvement. But we honestly expected we expected the the number to be even better. So we we're like, OK, what's going on? Why wasn't the improvement greater? So we then thought, oh. There are, let me think of the number, of the of the 30 guys in the trial, there were eight that threw the day of 
or the day prior in a max effort session, whether it was a bullpen, whether it was in game, like I said, this was instruct. So guys were still competing during this time. Right. So we pulled those guys out. So we dropped our N of 30 to an N of 22. And at that, when we pulled those guys out, the rate of fatigue fell to just 8%. Right. That makes sense. So what we saw, what was crazy is like, yeah, we're, we're excited. Like, oh, great. The data looks way better. But what this all pointed to was the very muscles that we are fatiguing when training on flex pro grip are the very muscles that are that being we use fatigued in throwing in game. That's great. So that, that to us was like the, the golden ticket, like, great. Okay. Now we know that's the proof of concept. We know this is going to work. We know it's going to do what we want it to do to strengthen these muscles that are going to protect the UCL. We just need to make the device as user-friendly as possible. So that's been the constant, the constant push, which is where that last piece, I'm glad I, I was able to come back to it, that call out that you were talking about, or like, is there a way that we can notify the user? So we, we try to offer objective feedback every step of the way for the athlete, whether it's their exact rep totals, their set totals, uh, what force they're shooting for, much how you give ranges for guys on their VBT. It's right. not so much their weight that they're going for. It's the speed that they're going for. Where are they receiving that information on the device? So it's all in the app that pairs with our device. Great. So That's all. That, app that okay. So you it. will see, you will it give you a percentage of drop? So what, what you will get is your target percentages. Yes. So your target force, and then you're constantly getting your actual force. And like that's happening over time. So you'll be able to see how your force is moving with your target force, your actual versus your target constantly. It's right in your face. So you're always going to have that feedback with you. Right. Then what you'll notice, um, we, we offer the percentile chart so you can see where you rank. But when you are setting your like training percentage for the day, we always set our training percentage with a one rep max because we know that in what an athlete has that day is going to be different than what they had another day. Whether they had an awesome day at school, it was the easiest day ever, they're super hydrated, slept nine hours the night before. Just like VBT. They're probably going to score super well. If they had three exams, their girlfriend broke up with them, and they got two hours of sleep last night, their numbers are going to be atrocious. So, but what we have with like programmed into Flex Pro Grip is if your numbers drop below uh, a certain percentage, 20% of lower the resistance, max, lower the resistance, we, we call it out. We call it out, say, hey, <clears throat> you, would you like to redo this? This is wrong or like warning, this is wrong. There's something up. And if the user says, okay, that's fine, it just drops them to a low, lower percentage. Fantastic. It auto-regulates for fatigue. Exactly. That's fantastic. Um, what age would you feel it's safe to begin training with a Flex Pro? It's quite a big, um, it's quite a big object. I'm just wondering. Um, yeah. You know, you show this to a young kid and it might get might scare them. Yeah. I mean, of course it's super advanced, but um these the seeds for throwing injuries can start so young, which which really is tough in in the game that you and I both love so much. Um, 
But what's really cool is we've had 10, 11, 12 year olds using FlexPro Grip and crushing it. They're they're absolutely loving it. They're actually some of our most diligent users. So a I would, I personally, of course, would love to say anybody who really cares about throwing should train with Flex Pro Grip. But I, I would say our design was made so it can fit anybody's hand. If you really are serious about throwing the ball and throwing the ball hard, Flex Pro Grip can be for you. Um, as I said, the currently the youngest user we have is ten years old. Wow. So. I, I would say, like, don't be afraid to start young. Of course, only do it if you're serious. You know, if you're 10 years old, it might be hard to be serious about Flex Pro Grip or really any training for that matter. Because, yeah, what I was going to say is the training from just going outside and playing. Yeah, the problem, the problem with me, it's it's the same thing with me with with young kids who want to start strength training. Um, you know, they they have one speed and um. So I would imagine, you know, using this device is like lifting weights and it's like you have to, a young kid would have to be monitored because there's a huge tendency there to be able to overdo it if, if allowed. So it's just like lifting. You got to kind of like, so I would probably suggest, and probably you as well, if you're using it with a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old kid, 14 year old kid, it should be done, you know, done with 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 a parent who's going to make sure he, the kid's not doing it five times a day, you know, every day yeah, when no yeah. one's looking because he thinks more is better. Especially you know what I mean? in what we what we usually prescribe to our athletes, anyways, is somewhere between two and six days a week, depending right. on where they're at in their season. Right. Uh, but with our with our younger populations, actually, what we generally like prescribe to them or talk to them about is because they're still general athletes. They're not just baseball players at that point, they're, or even more than just not just pitchers. They're doing everything. So right. what we recommend to them is, thankfully, the device is ambidextrous. It works on both left and right hand. So we recommend that they switch their training each bout between left and right hand because we we want overall athletic development for them rather than early specialization. And lastly, I have a that you you kind of started touching on my last question. How do you incorporate Flex Pro in season when throwing ramps up? And you said two to six days. I guess the two days is when throwing ramps up. Yeah, exactly. So it's a super wide range. And to us, in you you were about to steal the words right out of my mouth earlier. In fact, you really did. Flex Pro grip is just like weight training. It's you can pretty much it, it just looks way different. Because it's a terminator-looking device on the back of your hand, but it's still creating high levels of force and requires a strong output. So it's going to be fatiguing. It's going to be taxing. That's why we tell people to treat it like the weight room. Um, so if we're like peaking at six days a week or something like that, like early in the off season or when you've like built up this robust workload and you're really pushing yourself, awesome. We don't recommend that at all in season unless it's something that you really feel is the absolute most important thing that you need to be doing. For most of our athletes in season, we say two to three days a week. And what we always are going to recommend is attaching Flex Pro Grip to the back end 
of your high intensity throwing sessions. So for starters, generally, they're going to be like in the college setting. If we have a Friday night starter, we're going to recommend them training, doing their strength training on flex pro grip, either after their start on Friday or Saturday morning when they get to the ballpark. So you can consolidate all that stress in a 24 hour period. Exactly. That way we can maximize recovery. So then when they need to peak again for their Tuesday bullpen, we know that they had maximal time to get back to that performance level. And then they can train again immediately after that or the next day. Wow. It's, it's, it's amazing because it's so much like strength training. It is strength training. It's so much like strength (laughs) training and it's so much like VBT. And for me, uh, you know, as long as I've been doing this, um, I'm listening to you talk the talk about strength training and consolidating stress in a 24-hour period and breaking it down um, at the end of work, at the end of pitching and, um, you know, breaking down the volume during in-season. It's it's really great to know that you guys have really done your homework, not only on the body parts that need to be trained in, in this uh in this UCL issue, but also the training parameters and the periodization um, that you're using. Um, this has been great. We've been speaking to Adam Moreau from Flex Pro Grip. Um, Adam, thank you for being on so much. And Yeah, thank you, Nunzio. I really appreciate the time today. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and how they can check it out. Okay. Yeah, so feel free to reach out to us at Flex Pro Grip. Uh, inquiries. Uh, can go to info at flexprogrip.com, but we're accessible on Twitter and Instagram. We are at flexprogrip on both. Uh, just flexprogrip straight through, no spaces, no underscores, no anything. Uh, feel free to hit us up on there. We'll definitely do our best to get back to you guys and answer any questions you have. Great. And you can reach me at, at Nunzio Signore on Twitter. Uh, You can reach my facility at RPP underscore baseball on Twitter and Instagram. The website is rocklandpeakperformance.com. And I've also got a book out on velocity-based training, how to apply science, technology, and data to maximize performance. Um, That's released by Human Kinetics. You can also get it on Amazon. We've been speaking with Adam Moreau of Flex Pro Grip. I highly suggest that you guys reach out to these guys. Um, I, I really love the concept. And from from hearing about it in depth a little bit more today, it really is intriguing me. And I really feel like it would be something worth checking out. So, Adam, um, thank you so much for being on, brother. Really appreciate it, Nunzio. Look Absolutely. To- and stay tuned next time for the first that next episode of Behind the Seams podcast. Have a great day.